We've been talking a bit tonight about this new global Ipsos poll that came out today about what Canadians think about what's going on at Canadian airports, and it's pretty damning. Six in ten of us will be avoiding airports until the situation improves. Seven in ten call the situation a national embarrassment. Uh, plenty of have blame to go around. 39% say ev- you know everyone from the federal government to airlines, airports, passengers equally share the blame for the delays. Um, those age 55 plus, 64% are the most likely to say they want nothing to do with airports these days. But on the subject of it being a national shame, I thought I'd point something out. So this is from England. Heathrow Airport has reportedly told airlines to fly with emptier planes because they've put in a new passenger cap. They want no more than 100,000 passengers per day going through Heathrow. They say the only way to solve this is for airlines to fly fewer people out of the airport. So they have to do it. And in some cases, it means that instead of canceling flights, they just want the flights to be emptier, which of course, for the airlines, doesn't make much sense. But uh, if if the airlines are all delayed or the flights are all delayed, I guess it does make sense. So this means in some cases... Uh, the number of seats will go down by as much as 25% on individual flights to avoid canceling them altogether. So just in case you think this is just a Canadian thing, it's not. There are some airport, uh, certainly Canada has been near the top of the list for bad experiences at airports, but it's happening elsewhere too. Speaking of that, um, customer service these days, after that Rogers Communications Network crash uh, last week, there was lots of talk about how long it took them to acknowledge there was a problem over a the course of the day, really very little information. Air Canada was canceling flights, a bunch of 10,000 this summer to try to get its itself back on track. And, you know, there's been lots of complaints about how that's been handled by consumers. Um, passengers not getting much notice, few alternatives. We spoke to a woman last week who went through a terrible situation uh, trying to get out east from out west and, and just how little information she was getting. So what is going on? <laughs> What's happened to customer service? Isn't the customer first? Maybe not these days. Companies are really struggling to get their stuff together and to keep the customer first. Joining me now with more on this, and also how should you deal with customer service if you're having a problem, is Mark Gordon, who is a customer service expert. Thank you for your time. Great to be here. Thanks, Ben. So just from from your vantage point, what have we been witnessing the past little while? Because it feels like everywhere we look, there's some sort of um, customer service fiasco going on, whether it be Air Canada or or Rogers recently. Uh, from your vantage point, what have we been witnessing the past few months? Well, I think overall, we've been seeing a slow decline probably over the last year since things have just started to open up with regards to the pandemic and businesses who once pivoted one direction are having to pivot very quickly again in another direction. And then along the way, we're seeing some quick drops from places like Air Canada or Rogers But overall, there is a trend we're seeing that that customers are just leaving very unhappy and unfulfilled. What, why would that, I mean, clearly customers need to come first in some respect. I think they understand that, but what would you attribute the, uh, that decline in service to? Well, I I would call it kind of a perfect storm, especially during uh, these times with the economy and everything else. I mean, we're looking at uh, staff shortages, so businesses are, are trying to do just as much with, with fewer staff. And then when they do get the staff, they often don't have time to train them or just time to train them with regards to how to actually do the job, whereas not really time to train them with regards to company culture or how to treat customers. We're also dealing with rising costs. And when costs of supplies increase, if you own a restaurant or any kind of business like that, your attention is focused 
on maintaining uh, profits, trying to keep those costs down. So that's a time and attention that you cannot direct towards customers. Uh, and then as well, customer expectations, I don't think are the same as they once were. A lot of customers are believing that things should be back the way they were in 2019, or they, they believe that things like curbside service and everything else should still happen. Uh, but there was a time a year ago when curbside service was convenient for the business because no one came into the business. But now you're getting both. You get people who are like, well, can you bring it out to me? But there's other people who are going in. So how do you allocate your staff resources? Uh, and then, of course, there's external factors. There's supply chain issues. Um, things like the Rogers Network going down, which you know is somewhat of an external issue. How they handled it is obviously a big concern, and that's that's on them. But the network going down, really, at the end of the day, that was a that was an issue that nobody planned for. Uh, there was an air traffic control system that went down out west. No one saw that happening. So all these things added together just create a situation where customers are always going to be left out. I guess it also shows, and, and you know, we've seen that with government as well. Now, no one expects the government to give great customer service, but when it comes to passport offices and so on, we've been seeing uh, strains there. I guess what it really shows is that there is absolutely no give in the system anymore. So if anything goes wrong, uh, a lot of companies, a lot of organizations just aren't prepared to handle uh, to handle what comes next, as we saw with Rogers or any number of things, Air Canada and the luggage, uh, Pearson Airport, or any number of problems that are happening. Absolutely. And I think a big part of that was due to the fact that so much staff got laid off over the course of the pandemic, not only in the private sector, but also in the public and the, you know, with government services as well. So all of a sudden you're getting this huge influx, whether it be people looking for passports or people just wanting to to fly somewhere. And these companies, they can't ramp up that fast. It takes time. And you you just can't, you know, get on the phone and call those thousands of employees who got laid off and say, okay come back Monday morning and we're good to go. It doesn't work that way. People have left, they've pursued other careers. And you know, the thing is, it's not for the customer to really be understanding. I mean, it would be nice if they were, but the reality is these businesses have always been operating in a way that works for them. And if they understand through company culture or whatever metric they choose, that if treating the customer well is beneficial, then that's great. But if they're able to do it without treating the customer well or putting forward that extra effort, that's fine for them too. So on the flip side, why should customers be understanding? Agreed. I, I mean, and, and part of the problem is here is, is, is where do you draw that line between, okay, we understand that ramping back up was going to be ramping back up quickly was going to be difficult for a lot of organizations, but clearly they also made choices uh, during the height of the pandemic to lay off all their staff, knowing that one day they might need them back. Right. Um, so, so, how understanding should we be then? Because, you know, you don't want to be yelling at people. At the same time, you do want to be treated with respect when you're spending money on something. Well, the best way to achieve understanding between anybody, and this, this, you know, this is in life in general, is through communication, whether it be through two individuals or a business and their customers. And none of these businesses, be it Rogers, Air Canada, really any other company that has found themselves in a situation where they haven't been able to deliver the kind of service that their customers are expecting. In large part, the big problem, the big cause of stress is the customer not knowing what's going on. And when the customer doesn't know what's going on, they start to feel that they're not an important part of the equation. 
And then when that happens, you lead to frustration, frustration leads to anger, and then anger leads to them venting on social media. And this, this isn't good for anybody. And at the end of the day, if a company were to say to a customer, look, we're going through some really, really tough times right now. We're really sorry. We're working our butts off to try to make things right. But in the meantime, there's going to be some bumps along the way. We're going to do our best to minimize those bumps. But if there are, we want you to know that we're going to do our best to take care of you. You might not get the outcome you want, but we're going to do our best to try to make it happen and compensate you accordingly. If businesses can say that, 90% of the customers will, will have a change of attitude and be more understanding. But Mark, we noticed with the Rogers one too, there's a really small window with which you have to do that. I mean, if you're seen as delaying it at all, uh, if you release statements two, three days later, they seem to fall very flat all of a sudden. They do. And from what I understand, Rogers waited hours before they even acknowledged there was a problem. And then over the course of the day, there was virtually no communication. And, and Rogers claimed, well, how could we communicate? Our network is down. They seem to forget that there is you. There's you, Ben. There's the, the media. They, why aren't they calling television and radio stations and saying, this is how things stand? And it would trickle down to the public through that, and people would kind of understand. And even if they didn't hear it, at least they would be aware that Rogers was broadcasting that kind of message and sharing that information. It's important that people not necessarily need to know what's going on, but they need to know that people are looking out for their best interest, for their well-being. In the case of Rogers, even if they said, look, we're working on this round the clock, we've got entire teams dedicated to fixing this. But at this moment, we still don't know what's wrong, but we want you to know we haven't forgotten about you. We are going to take care of you once all this is settled. But for right now, we want to put all our resources into getting you back online. If they say those kinds of things, again, people will say, okay, I'm not happy about this, but I know that they're thinking about me. I know they're putting my interest first. Speaking with Mark Gordon, he's a customer service expert. We're talking about uh, what has been an apparent decline, at least in the past a little while in customer satisfaction, customer service in general, specifically with some major fiascos we've seen over the past few months, uh, both at Air Canada, Rogers comes to mind. There've been others as well, not to pick on just those two companies. Uh, and just where the line is, of when when do customers feel like they're being ignored? And when they're being ignored, is it okay for them to get upset about it? Uh, because certainly these days, communication has been a big issue. Oftentimes, people just don't know if they're going to get the service they paid for. And there's a lot of sense that they're not being respected for the fact they've actually paid for a service they're not getting. When we come back, we'll talk a bit more just about how should, how should Invoke, what about people in call centers? What about people who are doing customer service right now? It must be a really tough time. How best to talk to them when you're already seething mad about something that's gone wrong? We'll be back with that. My guest this half hour is Mark Gordon. He's a customer service expert. We're talking about, of course, customer service. It's been a tough few months as companies uh, in this country have tried to deal with what has been a surge in demand, a return uh, to what sort of post-pandemic activity, not altogether, but close. And also just the expectation from a lot of consumers that things will be back to normal, that things will be like they used to be, and they're not. We're seeing that specifically with airlines, but also in other areas. We've had some uh, fiascos of late too. Rogers comes to mind. Um, Mark, behind the scenes, and you know what happens behind the scenes, uh, 
you know, those on the front lines of all this, those who have to pick up the phone to hear your anger, if you can ever get a hold of them, um, what what are they going through now? And, and, and how should we as the public deal with them when we finally get them on the line? Well, you're right. And, and I spend a fair amount of, amount of my time consulting these types of organizations who are asking the same thing as you. How do we keep our staff from getting burnt out, from being yelled at all the time and having so much anger directed at them. And, and it's important to understand a couple of things. First, for the general public and your listeners, when they are calling either an airline or uh, any kind of business, be it whatever, any business that they have a problem with, whether it be a multinational corporation or just a little mom and pop shop, they need to understand that first and foremost, being angry does not help the situation. Now, I'm not saying they shouldn't be angry, but calling up and as soon as the person says, hello, how can I help you? And you start laying it into them, doesn't work. It doesn't work for anybody. All they have to do is explain the problem, put the onus on the business saying, here's the problem I have and let the business run with it from there and and respond accordingly. So you might be pleasantly surprised and the business says, no problem, we're going to refund you. There you go. You're all taken care of. Or they'll say, you know what, come in and we'll replace the product for you, whatever it is. With regards to something bigger, like an airline and your flight's been canceled, again, the person you're speaking to, they're not the ones who canceled it. And it's quite possible that their personal friends and family are impacted by this as well. So understand that you are not speaking to the decision maker. But what this person can do is they can do their best to try to fix the problem to whatever capacity they can. And that's really what you want. Now, on the flip side, if you, if you are a frontline worker and people are calling you, understand that there are going to be those people who are going to just flip out on the phone. Don't take it personally, right? It's, it just happens to be you picking up the phone and it could be anyone else and they'd act the same way. But what's important to do couple things. And there's a couple tricks that I apply or, or that I share with, with all of my clients. First one, only apologize if you guys were actually at fault. So for example, with Rogers, absolutely, they should be apologizing because this was on them. But if a flight was canceled due to weather or due to some external circumstances, yeah, you can you can apologize in the fact that you know you're sorry to hear about this, but you don't need to take ownership. After all, you didn't do anything wrong. A big problem we have today is people call and the customer service rep feels compelled to apologize over and over and over. You've probably had that yourself. I'm sure you've experienced that, Ben. And after a while, it starts to sound condescending. It almost sounds like they don't care. Instead, agree with the customer's emotion. Say something like, I understand you're upset. If I were in your shoes, I'd be upset too. Or if I was going through that, I would also be upset. I can totally, or I've been there. I know what you're going through. I've been there. I experienced the same thing myself. When a customer service rep says that, and hopefully they're being authentic, all of a sudden they go from being an adversary to being a partner. Them and the customer are going through this journey together. And then you focus on fixing the problem. Don't worry about consoling the client. Focus on fixing the problem. You say, okay, I know what you're going through. I know you're stressed. I'd be stressed too. Let me see what I can do to help you. Mark, but this must be the case though. If, if someone calls up, if I'm the customer service rep and someone calls up and yells at me or someone doesn't, who are you going to work harder for? 
I mean, this is human nature. I, I know everyone wants to be conscious and do their jobs properly, but it must be true that those who yelled, does the squeaky wheel get the grease here or do people who are polite and nice get better service? What's your experience? My experience has been, it's the opposite that if you are yelling and screaming, there's a good chance they're going to do their best to get you off the line. They're, they're not going to be motivated to work with you. You're right. The, the human factor is first and foremost, and everybody wants to help people they like or people that they feel some kind of connection with. So as a customer, you call up uh, you know, the, the, the rep for Air Canada and you say, my flight's been canceled, my, my holiday's been ruined. What, what can we do about this? this? This isn't right. I really need your help. And then you say, you know, I know you, call, you get 100 calls like this a day. You must be stressed, but I'm hoping you can help me out. What you've done there is you've created a connection with the service provider, with the frontline worker that you're communicating with. You're showing empathy and an understanding that they're having a tough time too. So now the two of you have something in common. They're going through a tough time because they're getting calls from people who are really upset. You're having a tough time because your flight's been delayed or canceled. And the two of you now have that something in common. And there's, there's a rapport there. And once that rapport happens, it's amazing what frontline workers will do for you. What, what if they dismiss you though? Cause that, that happens too. You call up something and you put, you've got a this sort of this life changing or this life altering problem. Uh, you know, you can't make it back home to see your family and you get sort of dismissed uh, when you call you, your concerns are like, whatever. Uh, what do you do then? Well, there's a couple options. Number one is you can ask for a manager and move it up the ladder. Uh, another thing you can do is go on social media. And a lot of these companies respond very quickly on social media because it's public. So, you know, when you're speaking to that rep, they don't have that mentality that, hey, this could go public. It's just this, this very intimate one-on-one call and I can dismiss you and, and I'll move on to the next person. But when it's on Twitter and potentially hundreds or thousands of people see it, now it's something different. But at the end of the day, we also need to understand there's a couple other things at play. Number one is company culture. The company may just not care. Or two, the company may not be able to do anything. There's only so many planes. There's only so many seats at a concert. There's only so many things that a business can do and so many resources they have. And obviously, you know, you don't want kind of a snarky attitude blowing you off, but, you know, sometimes there isn't a lot more they can do with regards to the outcome that a customer would want, but there's always something. There's always something they can do. If they can't get you on that flight today or even tonight, maybe they can get you on that flight tomorrow and perhaps they can put you up in a hotel so you don't have to drive two hours all the way back home and then back again. There's always something that can be done, even if it's a discount, even if it's a voucher, there's always something that can be done to make the customer feel that they're important. Mark Gordon, thank you for your time. My pleasure. Thanks, Ben.